0: This is a story about a group of women in the late 1960s. A shared love of art and some unusual coincidences bring them together. The author decided to anchor her fiction to a real life event in New York City that ended up being more relevant today than she first imagined. I didn't know I was going to get into
1: women's rights as much as I did when I set out to write the novel. But I knew I wanted to do something historical in that period of time. And I found the strike for women's equality that was held in August of 1970 when women were fighting for rights that
0: we are still fighting for today. This is author Linda Rosen, and we're talking about her historical women's fiction, The Emerald Necklace. In a few moments, you'll hear her narrator, Tracy Odom, who has performed more than 300 audiobooks. You'll hear her reading a scene from The Emerald Necklace audiobook published by Tantor Audio. Coming up on this Desideratum. A Desideratum is an essential thing. I'm audiobook narrator Teresa Bakken, and I think storytelling is a desideratum, both the telling and the listening. I like making my
1: character an artist, some type of art. In my first book, I have a painter. The second book, she's a winemaker. And I have a very dear friend who is a sculptor. And very often she and I will go to art shows, and I hear the things she's saying, and so much of it rang true for an author.
2: Whether it was with words or clay didn't matter. Art was art, and that created a bond between them. You're right, Rosalie said. It was a lousy morning. I can't do it. Sure you can't. You're merely going through one of those tough times, second-guessing yourself. I'm not. I simply don't have it anymore. Or maybe I never did. Frustration blew from her lips. The hand I've been working on? There's no life to it. Not one ounce of humanness. No one would want to hold it or caress it, much less buy it. Oh, I know that feeling. Sometimes I feel my characters are dead on the page. Fran took a sip of tea. A sculpture is like a character, isn't it? Or part of a character? It's not merely a hand. Rosalie thought that was brilliant. Only a writer would come up with that, she said.
1: Fran and Rosalie have a lot of tension there because of a secret that Fran holds. That all revolves around the necklace that Rosalie's granddaughter wears, the emerald necklace. But in creating the women, I really, I wanted to get that tension, the envy through art. And I think people in general, as much as you love your friends or whatever, there are times
0: that there's something that you're envious of. Right? Well, you even begin the book. Your opening quote really is about comparison, being the thief of joy. And that's that's kind of what you're talking about, is how we, when we hold ourselves up and compare ourselves to our friends, that envy can, can rob us of the joy that we would have in that friendship sometimes. Absolutely. And rob us of the joy of the friendship and rob us
1: of a joy in ourselves. Yes you can recognize
0: the beauty in yourself. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you gave that character the ability to see her success? To me, it has to do with being with other artists and being with other women who who kind of lift her up. She ends up working in a kind of a collaborative space.
1: She grew tremendously by being with that group of artists, also at Gertrude's studio.
0: I think it's really integral to the book this gathering together in the small of this small grouping of friends but then also you show that in a broader sense when you tie into this time periods march for equal rights you know this sort of collective power of gathering together is to me a theme in the book
1: well yeah yeah and it that's that's lovely that you bring that out I love when a reader brings out things that i wasn't necessarily thinking of and sometimes it was there unconsciously i
0: think the other theme for me is um you take it you're taking a timeline and you're showing sort of echoes of things in people's lives at one point you go all the way back into the 1917 um, suffragist movement and you're working through the memory of one of the characters and you take us to that time frame and her memories of that gathering of women with purpose for rights and equality. And then like you said, the main essence of the story is happening in the 70s, but you also then you bring us through forward sort of two more generations because this main character is a grandmother.
1: I do like multi-generational stories and I guess, a lot goes on unconsciously in an author's mind as, as she's writing. I know what happens to me because I would be writing and I'm putting this together. I'm putting Jill in there because I have to connect the necklace and I have to connect. I want to show the differences in generational thinking from grandma to Jill with the, the rights And what happened in the past in the 30s and in the 20s and even with the great-grandmother who was the suffragist. Um, So that was more in my mind plot-wise. And then as I'm writing it, there's so much that comes through because women teach other women. And we stand on the shoulders of the women who came before us. I like to see that in books. I, I really enjoy reading multi-generational stories. And being a grandmother myself, kind of hope that as they get older, I will have made an impact somehow in their lives. That and so I wanted to show that how grandma did for Jill, but her mother did for her and that's great grandmother so you know it goes on and on it does
0: it goes on and on and sometimes it skips generations
1: oh absolutely and i i wanted to show that because rosalie's mother was a suffragist but rosalie's daughter is not a feminist at all and rosalie doesn't consider herself one at all but she just when it touched home she knew what she wanted to fight for, and yet Jill was very typical of women of her age, you know.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, somewhat you show the women being having sort of a typical perspective for that time frame, but others, you know, I think that demonstrates how we are. Sometimes it feels like two steps forward, one step back, yeah. You know, you show us in this novel sort of an advancement of women's rights happening in equality, but we are in 1970 in this moment. And we know from today's lens, 50 years later, some of the conversations that these women are having in 1969 and 1970, we are still having.
1: We are still having today. We are still having today. Absolutely. When I started writing the book, we're still always having Uh, conversations about women's equality, but some of the stuff that I touched on in the book was law. And when I finished the book, it was no longer law. So that was a big change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did that, um, as you were kind of going through final edits and going into publication, how did that make you feel? Worried. (laughs) Worried.
1: I worried. It's not a spoiler at all, the book deals with so much, but also with women's reproductive rights. And um, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, as I finished the book, I was concerned. I wrote a novel about envy um, and women's friendships and family being more than blood and how a woman overcomes obstacles when she's reinventing herself. And then that all came in neon lights. But um I'm very happy with it actually, because it's a subject that needs to be out there. And I think for women who live through the period of time, 69, 70, 71, they appreciate reading their own history and seeing themselves in the characters. But I've had younger women who say, it's fascinating to learn what women have been through.
0: Each one of these women has had different life experiences and has had different choices she's had to make. And you can't oversimplify that, right? You that is very complicated.
1: Right. And and that's that's so real. I mean, you bring a group of women together and you're going to get different stories and different histories and different viewpoints. And that's that's what I wanted to show. Yeah, I I wasn't taking one viewpoint on anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the risks and the uh, what's most concerning, I think, today is that we it does feel like suddenly there's just one lens, one cookie cutter kind of approach to what is definitely something that each individual comes at from a different angle. But even within
1: ourselves, so I put it in. And my characters, you can be thinking one way, but then there's another thought. But what about this? You know, everybody has many sides that come together to make their viewpoints. And then they still, you still can question. Right, right. But it should be up to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think there is a theme to me. It's that you have described all of these different women from different circumstances um, making different decisions, and how each one of them had what was best or right for them. Yes, and
1: coming also, I, I hope readers realize, it's also coming to understand that even if you don't agree with what one, one of the characters is doing or believing, it's her right to believe that way or her right to do that um, in anything. Whether it's her artwork or her beliefs or whatever, it's whatever it is, it's it's fine for her. It may not be for you, but for her, it is.
0: I did want to ask you about. There's another thing that you um, bring in that's historical. There's this great reference to the Women's National Book Association.
1: I was fascinated by those women. In fact, at one time, I like history. You see, I went to. The Butler Library at Columbia University and went into the archives to see their old scrapbooks and the minutes from meetings and everything. Those were really incredible women who fought their way into the bookseller world. They had stores along Book Row in New York City, but they, you know, they were women. This was 1917, they were shoved aside, but they banded together and got together to march for women's equality when they were fighting for the vote in 1917 and they got together so I wanted to put that in for the history I wanted to bring Rosalie's mother to life and show the difference between her mother and her as you said generational differences because Rosalie was not one to go to marches and to fight you know or to protest
0: yeah I thought it was really Um, again it was this reference to the the collective power of women it was again a banding together to me that sort of echoed in a lot of different ways in your storytelling oh thank you thank you so much the last question I like to ask has to do with the name of the podcast and I like to know from storytellers for you And it can be from the standpoint of an author or uh, someone who's invented herself many times. But for you, what would you say is most essential?
1: Most essential? Yeah. I mean, it sounds so simple, but really being true to yourself, be true to yourself, do what you want to do. Not what society expects, what your mother expects, what your husband expects, what your son expects, you know, do what you feel is right. Yeah.
0: I hope you enjoyed getting to know Linda Rosen as much as I did. I want to thank Grace Salmon for introducing us. Grace is the host of the Storytellers radio show and podcast. She focuses on individuals who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I highly recommend you search for The Storyteller's Podcast wherever you consume your pods. As always, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening.